Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. Covering the most essential areas of personal development for ultimate success. Your health, wealth and happiness. Your host, Natalie Bailey, the confident entrepreneur. Natalie is a confidence coach, property developer and bright red-haired fitness fanatic who is going to take you on a journey to confidently create a more inclusive, more successful and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action and unleash your inner confidence. Okay, I think we I think we are live. So, <laughs> hello Helen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us on the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, as I was saying to you, I think you've got a beautiful story, which I know will help a lot of listeners. And for anybody who doesn't know Helen, you should know Helen, because anything she doesn't know about LinkedIn um, isn't worth knowing. So <laughs> um, we've known each other for a few years, haven't we, online, and got the pleasure of meeting in Mallorca, which was really we nice. We did, when I was on holiday with my children, we did. Yeah. Will you be coming back at some point? Uh, yes, like literally, we're waiting, we're waiting, as soon as, the, as soon as they open up a flight to Mallorca yep. or anywhere else in Spain, we'll be on it, for sure. As long as, long as the bars are open, we'll be there. Yeah, well, the bars are open, so yeah. I'm, going, I'm going home in 24 days, which nice. is... Yeah, can't wait, can't wait to get back on the plane. But so, yeah, let me know when you when you come over. That really loud. Can you hear that in the background? Just so we're going to shut the door. Sorry, okay. guys. No worries. <laughs> quite That's... used to being left <laughs> on a podcast. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Helen sharing her story um, with you. And if you have got any questions, obviously feel free to pop them in the comments. So, Helen. Would you like to tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, so people who don't know who I am, it's Helen Pritchard. My company's Helen Pritchard Online. Didn't put much thought into that, um, to be honest. I'm probably most famous for helping people get leads from LinkedIn, although I'm not a LinkedIn trainer or I've never been trained by LinkedIn. I've got no official you know, qualifications on anything, really, no mind LinkedIn. But I, am, I think the difference with me is that I'm a business owner who's been using LinkedIn to generate leads for my businesses. So I had a social media agency, um, well, I was a freelance social media manager, then I had a social media agency, Facebook ads agency, Facebook ads and recruitment agency. So I've kind of been through the, all those iterations of business. And every step of the way, all my leads came to me for, on LinkedIn. And I think yeah. it was only when I started talking about this with the people and people said, but, you know, LinkedIn doesn't work like that. Or that's, you know, no one gets leads from LinkedIn or it's LinkedIn's this or LinkedIn's that. I'd just be really confused and be saying, no, oh, no, it works really well. You don't, you know, you don't send any direct messages. You don't have to, you know, write any personalized connection requests. You can just put yourself out there in this sort of specific way that I sort of, I know I created it because I made it up. <laughs> oh yeah, I literally made it up. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing when I started on LinkedIn. So I set it up how I thought it would work for me. And um, it did work for me. It has worked for me for, for many, many, many years. And I think that, that was it really. That, this, this business that I'm in now, which is the best business that I've ever run and it's absolutely fantastic it's come from those conversations really people saying oh no no LinkedIn doesn't work like that and me saying well it it does because it's worked like that for me and then over the last three years I've been showing people how I use LinkedIn which is controversial I I don't think it's controversial at all but you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people disagree with me or a lot of people you know say that I'm this and that but I've got this unshakable confidence in my work because it works so Mm -hmm. it's been working for me for so many years and then and now I've taught 
tens of thousands of people how to use it and it's working for them. So it's kind of like, I think some people when they like come across me or they meet me or they see me online might think, oh, you know, she's sort of like confidence bordering on arrogance because when people say to me, oh no, it should be like that, I'd be like, hey, you can do it however you want. All I can show you is that, or I can tell you or teach you is that it's worked for me, it's worked for thousands, thousands of people. You know, mm-hmm. it works. Like the way, I, well, the way I use LinkedIn is guaranteed to work, you know, if you do the work. So it's, it's been a really weird journey because every step of the way when I've met people who've kind of tried to sort of, I don't know what the word is, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, but, you know, yeah, but Helen, you, know, you could do it this way or that way. And I'm like, you can do it. You can use LinkedIn any way you want. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on LinkedIn. I don't get into the detail of how it works in terms of algorithms and things like that. I think that's all bullshit personally. You know, I just know I've been in marketing a long time. I've been in online marketing a long time. And LinkedIn is just the number one opportunity we've got at the moment to generate lots of lovely inbound inbound leads for free. And that's the kind of the crux, really. So what I like to do is help people, probably most famous, my, my free five-day challenges. I think we must have 20,000 plus people gone through those challenges over the last couple of years. You know, they're kind of these epic, you know, yeah. adventures that, you know, love it or hate it is what it is. But what, what we've learned is that, it works for everybody and, and I think just helping all these people has always been the reason why I do it the way I do it in terms of these free challenges because I want to help people just like me 10 years ago when I was absolutely on my ass. I was in loads of debt. I was a new single, newly single mom. You know, I had no way, I had mental health problems, so I had no way of mm-hmm. doing the things that we do now. So like the things that you do, like, I couldn't afford to pay for things like ads or coaches or, you know, courses. That's what I always say to people, like who never hear me trying to overcome a price objection. If someone says to me, I can't afford your mastermind, I'm like, fine, you know, mm-hmm. just go away. You've got enough to go and get, you know, go, go and get some money in the bank. And then if you want to come and join like, later, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, because when I was skinned, and I mean skinned, like, you know, to the tune of about 90 grand personal debt, mm-hmm. um, if I said to someone, I can't afford your course, I meant I can't afford your course, you know? So yeah. I get, you'll probably see me get quite triggered. I used to, you know, about this whole, oh, you know, you're not explaining the value and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, people get, you know, price is never an objection. I'm like, prices are quite often an objection, actually. Um, <laughs> So a lot of stuff I do is for 10 years ago, me. And again, I couldn't go to things like networking. I had no confidence at all, which again, people find hard to believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I used to have panic attacks. I have this really severe anxiety, uh, panic disorder, where I couldn't stand up and talk in front of people. I had this massive fear of fainting. So things like going to a networking event and standing up, out the question 10 years ago. No, I couldn't afford anything. Even like 10 quid, like 15 quid to go to an event. I'm on a call, thanks guys. Uh, as children, um, couldn't do that, and you know, I just and logistically, I couldn't get to anything. So, two yeah. girls who you've met now, teenagers now, causing chaos. So, how did you overcome that anxiety? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, I couldn't get to anything, I couldn't afford to pay for anything, and you know, I didn't have the confidence to go to anything. That's the, a lot of the things that I would do now. Things like pay for Facebook cards and you know, you know going to events stuff like that. I couldn't I couldn't do that. So how I overcame them, this is why I'm so like super passionate about it, is through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I looked at LinkedIn and I was like, oh, this makes sense because it's it's free, it's full of business people or people. Yeah, yeah I always say that it's not B2B. LinkedIn is not B2B, it's people. So there's five hundred million people on there. Um so it's full of people. It's free. I can do it from home. I can do it from anywhere. I don't have to speak to anyone face to face. I don't have to, you know, be out of the house at a certain time. And I don't have to worry about, you know, going to meetings and things like that or stand up in front of people. So for me, it was a real like lifesaver. 
you know, when I was really, really was at like, a super low ebb and I'm really desperate and thinking, how on earth am I going to, you know, look after my children, like mm-hmm. you know, pay for my debts and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I used it in a way to me that just made perfect sense in that I just thought, well, I know my idol clients are in, on here somewhere. Um, if I write my headline and my profile to speak to them rather than talking about me, so I didn't know how to use LinkedIn, I don't train it. You know, I, you know, if I write it for them, and I knew very specific, I think the thing was is that I, I knew exactly who my ideal client was. Like I'd done that work in that I knew I wanted to work with people local to me. This is when I was a social media manager. So I worked to work with small business yeah. owners in my hometown. I worked to work with a certain type of person, you know, you know, my ICA work, which you'll have, you'll have seen a million times probably, but you know, it, you know, he was Dave, he was 55, he had a bricks and mortar business, you know, he was married, he played golf, he wasn't interested in social media, he just knew he had to do something for us. I, I kind of knew that he he didn't want to know about social media and that's what I wanted. I wanted someone who didn't really understand social media so that I could come in and charge him at that point. I knew I needed to make two and a half grand a month to feed me and the kids, um, you know, to cover like that need to earn figure that I talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I just needed 10 clients paying me 250 pound a month. And this guy, this Dave, I thought that would, you know, he, if he would give me 250 pound a month and then leave me alone to get on with it, basically. And um, that's what I was looking for. And I was really laser focused. I was just selling this one thing. to so this one guy, this one package, you know, I was really strict. It was just Facebook and Twitter, you know, X amount of posts a day, you know, and it was really like, and, from then on, it was, it's something that I've always carried through to my business. It's like, there's no negotiation. There's no bespoke, you know, options. They are, this is the package. You kind of take it or leave it. Does that mean you lose some business? Yes. Does it matter? No, because you're focused on getting your 10 clients. When you get your 10 perfect clients, then you've got your two and a half grand a month. And therefore you can just, you know, you, you've hit your target if you like, and you can then think about other things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I knew I needed to do. So I wrote my headline and profile for this guy. Yeah, it literally said my headline again, the helping headline, which again you'll see get torn down a million times across you know LinkedIn, social media, very very lazy content from other marketers to try and slag my work off. But mm-hmm. the reason why this this is how the original headline was set up, and it works, and it works because it talks to your ideal client and it doesn't talk about you because nobody cares about you; they care mm-hmm. about themselves and what's going on in their world. So it was helping small business owners in Warrington. So pretty niche and, and you know, using a, a geographical location as well, you know, sell more, uh, look, something like, look better online and you know, sell more and look better online, something like that. I wish I'd screenshot it now because I didn't know them, but I know now. Um, using social media management and then it said £250 a month at Facebook and Twitter. And that was my headline and then my profile was written for this guy and it was kind of yeah. like, are you a small business owner in Warrington? Do you feel frustrated that, you know, you're getting sold things you don't really understand? You know that you've got to do some social media, but you don't really, you know, you're not really interested in it. Do you want to, you know, would you like to have someone else manage it for you? Uh, if so, I can help. You know, I've done this for the businesses. You know, I've done it for myself. You know, I'm, you know, I've got these results. This is the package. It's £250 a month. This is what you get. If it's, you know, if, if you're not going to do something now, what, you know, when are you going to do something? And then this is how you, you know, if it sounds of interest, then send me a message on here. So a really clear call to action. Yeah. Then, I mean, you can do other things now. So you can put video on there and like, I can't make it all really fancy. But then that's all kind of what you could do. And then I went and searched for and found hundreds of potential Daves, so small business owners in Warrington. Yeah. Asked to connect with them. No personalized connection requests, which again, I'm quite famous for because, you know, people lose the shit about it. But honestly, it works absolutely fine. So I was going to find those people and adding those people again and again and again and again. And then over time, put content out around, you know, for this person over time, you know, 
I had, I had my 10, my 10 guys in the bag, you know, it was, it was super simple. You know, every day I'd open my laptop and I'd have these, um, messages in my inbox that said, hi, Helen. Oh my God, you know, you're exactly what we're looking for. You know, we really need help with this. You know, how, you know, where do we, how do we get one of your sort of 10 spaces? And, and that was it. And that, and that, that was how easy it was for me to, to build a business like that. Yeah. And then when I, I changed, I started doing big HR recruitment. We moved into Facebook ads and recruitment and working with big blue chip companies. All I did was change those elements. So different headlines. So it's helping HR directors hire better people faster using Facebook mm-hmm. ads. Wrote the profile for them, went and connected with, asked to connect with HR directors. You know, and then those HR directors suddenly were coming to me saying, oh my God, you know, you're exactly what we need. You know, we're trying to recruit, you know, traditional methods aren't working, you know, can we help you? And then it was like three grand a month and that was in my headline and they, they knew up front. Um, so then HR directors are big, big, big companies, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, people like Eddie Stobart, Leyland Plastics, like XP Logistics, Cambium Healthcare, like big guys were coming to me and saying, oh, you look like, you know, you're the expert in what we need, you know, and I see you work with XYZ and, you know, can, can we help you? And it was really through that when people started to ask me. So I used to go to events and they'd be like, how did you land Eddie Stobart? Like, you know, how did you get that? Like, what did you do? You know, what was your, you know, what was your process? What was your sale? You know, did you get on the phone? Did you do emails? Did you do this? And I was like, oh no, they came to me. I was like, you know, everyone comes to me. And it, again, like I've never chased a sale in my life because LinkedIn's always delivered that for me. Like you just decide who your ideal client is, sell them one thing at a time, create an ecosystem by adding those people, put our concept for those people. And then over time, and that's the, the key thing, you know, before everyone starts getting really excited, I'm like, oh my God, this is the, the magic answer to all my prayers. It's like, over time, they'll come to you. And it, the hard thing is not sending any direct messages or not trying to shoehorn your pitch into, you know, in the comments and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The power is in the patience. And that's one of the things that we teach of, like, this is a 12 to 18 month play. This isn't a quick fix. You know, you see this on LinkedIn all the time, like the automation boys, as I call it. Like, you know, people who say, oh, if you post at this exact time and then you get 10 people to like your post and then, then it's going to, you know, let's all get an engagement pod and let's all do this and let's yeah. all do that. And let's all get obsessed with the algorithm. And it's like, you're asking not completely the wrong questions. You can't have the algorithm anyway, can you? Nobody knows. That's the, the whole thing's a nonsense. I used to spend my time arguing with people about this online. Now I don't even bother because... If people genuinely think I know the exact right time to post, fine. If you believe that, that's great. I believe that you don't know because nobody knows. Because mm-hmm. everybody's data, everybody's data set is totally different because everyone's content's different, everyone shows up different, everyone's authority is different, everyone's audience is different. So, like, I could post something controversial at two in the morning, you know, having been on there for years, having 30,000 connections. And get tons of engagement. Engagement is bullshit on LinkedIn. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. It's, it's irrelevant. You know, people get so caught up in this data. If I, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd get rid of all that. The stats, the views, you know, the engagement. The, you know, it's, it's, it's a nonsense. What you need is leads. So, you know, I could post something and get loads of engagement. Somebody else might post exactly the same post at the same time and get nothing because yep. they've got a different way of showing up a different audience a different authority so I, I find it easier now because i can just ignore it but you know in the old days i'd be like i just i just want people to listen to me i'd be like you're asking the wrong questions you're focusing on the wrong stuff do you know who your ideal client is yes or no are you selling one thing to one person at a time yes or no you know are you adding those people every single day does your profile speak to them and not about you you know those are the questions that i want you to ask yourself not 
what's the best time to post on LinkedIn? And like, I get it, I get it all the time. You know, how do I get more engagement on LinkedIn? Or people say, LinkedIn's crap. I don't get any engagement. It's like, why should you? Like, why do you deserve engagement on LinkedIn? Like you've been on it five minutes usually, you know, you're posting stuff's probably all right. But the thing is, LinkedIn's not, people aren't sat there having a glass of wine, scrolling through, looking for places to chat to people. Like it's a business, you know, a business platform, which means that the leads you get are usually much better quality, much quicker to convert and much higher paying. So it's like, let's take the benefit of that and forget about the, the negative or whatever you want to call it of, I don't get many likes, comments, views, shares, you know, or people might get loads, but they're still not getting leads, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the, I don't like to use the word vanity metrics because it's a bit of a, again, a weak ass bullshit marketing term that people use usually when they've got no metrics. Um, but Again, it is, it is just the wrong, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. It's great. Obviously we've got 30,000 connections. People are like, oh wow. It's like, it's easy to get 30,000 connections. You just add people every day and eventually yeah. you'll be getting my question. So when was the, when was the, the, the kind of switch in you that went, right, I'm, I don't want to go and network and meet people to like, I'm, I feel confident in what I do now. Um, I think, I mean, from a mental health point of view, so I was in the private hospital when I was 16, so I think um, we had like a pretty much complete breakdown. I got, I got moved up a year at school, I got bullied at school, I got into like raving in the 90s, which was fantastic, can't mm-hmm. lie. Um, but, you know, eventually all good things come to an end, you know, and I just ended up having this huge breakdown and my agoraphobia was really severe, so I couldn't leave the house. So I was in the private hospital 16, so mental health has always been a part of my life. I mean, I would class myself as a recovered agoraphobic. I don't, I don't sit around thinking I've got agoraphobia, you know. But, you know, it, you have to be aware of that. And I think at times of stress, you know, even though I was, I'm recovered as in, you know, you know, like I travel the world, I stand up on stage, I've talked about, you know, things that were beyond my wildest dreams when I was ill. Um, but I think at times of stress, you know, you just get, even last a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I had a bit, it wasn't a panic attack, but I felt really anxious in the supermarket. And I was like, oh, that's a massive red flag. And that was because I'd done three, you know, when I, when I moved back, when I looked back and actually took a step back and was like, why, why has that happened? You know, I'd done three back-to-back challenges. So uh. about 9,000 people uh, over six weeks in lockdown. And it was, it was heavy, really. It was too much. It's a lot, it takes a lot of energy to deliver a challenge of that size, you know, even though I've got a great team, that kind of stuff. But we did them back-to-back because we wanted to obviously help more people, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, we also did record launches, so, you know, it's a win-win. I'm not just saying I did it out of the goodness of my heart, but, you know, I did these three back-to-back and I was, I was knackered. It was too much, really, even for, even for me. My energy's pretty, pretty good at managing it. Um, but, you know, when I, was, when I went through the divorce, so this was in, like, 2007, 2008, so I know you're, like, heavy into the property. So we, my husband was a builder, um, yep. so, you know, we had a small building business. We had a couple of extensions on the go, a team of lads, you know, a couple of teams of lads, and, you know, we were kids. You know, we were in our early 20s, you know. Two, two young kids, massively overexposed, um, you know, self-cert mortgages, you know, 25 grand loans, click of a button, you know, on online banking, those kind of days, you know, you're credit cards to pay credit cards to, you know, we have this kind of lifestyle, which was like the least glamorous lifestyle in the world, but you're just always borrowing to keep your head above water. And then when the yeah. crash came, it was just absolutely game over. So that was very stressful. Obviously, marriage collapsed with it. I mean, me and him have got a good relationship, obviously co-parenting and all that kind of jazz, but Marriage collapsed. I was 30 and I, you know, my mental health just started to suffer again because it's just a big life change, isn't it? You know, you lose your business, your finances are fucked, you know, um, everything was just really challenging. Um, and I think 
the business side of things. So starting my business or, or creating this sort of social media agency that, that I've started off with and getting these t- 10 clients, giving me 250 quid a month and you know, having enough money to survive and all that kind of stuff really did start to help with my mental health. You know, it really helped me with my confidence. One of the things I always say is confidence comes from evidence. Mm-hmm. So I think every time that something good's happened for me, it's helped my confidence. And that helped, that is includes, I think confidence is a real holistic term around how you feel, how you show up, you know, how you behave, you know, the risks that you take, the, you know, you, just, you know, how you feel at night, you know, when you're on your own in bed, you know, it's not just about, oh, look at me, I'm so confident. It's like, mm-hmm. actually, how do I feel when I'm, when it's just me? Um, and I think the, all the evidence I've had over the last three years, you know, my business went really well. The agency was, was okay, but quite stressful, dealing with those big clients and had staff and all that kind of stuff. But when I gave that all up, to do this so this is now like just I just do LinkedIn I just run the LinkedIn mastermind really it's the core it's the core offering but you know helping helping people like me 10 years ago really who are I need to make some money I've got a good idea I'm good at what I do you know I have this thing called value joy profit so I know I can add value I want to have lots of joy in my life and my business and I want to make lots of profit you know I'm a big fan of money you know this like yeah. I love money money loves yep. me like <laughs> I've got a super, super good, like, I've got whatever the opposite of money blocks are. I've got a super good relationship with money. I absolutely love it. Um, so I think every step along that way has been to leading me up to where I am now, which is ultimate confidence in my work. I mean, I, I mean, I really do. To the point where I don't argue with people about it anymore. And I think that's really interesting. I've, I've watched myself. I've gotten very self-aware because yeah. of my mental health, you know, and because it's been a lifelong, you know, it's been a lifelong journeys of shit where you know it's a lifelong journey of yeah I've done all the spiritual stuff I've done the the medication stuff I've done the you know the holistic stuff and I think it's been a lifelong lesson in self-awareness and being really really aware of yourself and I think like this last three years been really interesting to sit back and watch me and and see how my confidence has changed you know at the beginning I was like I know this works yeah because it's worked for me and then, you know, a year in, I was like, I know this works because it's working for other people. And now I'm like, I know this works because it's worked for so many people that the evidence is overwhelming and irrefutable. So yeah. I don't need to defend my work anymore. That makes sense. I, yeah. I, in my heart, I don't need to. I think I used to. I was like, oh, I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to listen to me. I want everyone to win. That was it, you know. And it, I'm sure it came across as really fucking annoying. There'll be loads of people out there who've had online like spats with me, I won't call them arguments. You know, I never go out there to try and argue with anyone. But you know, I'll defend my I'll defend my position to the death when it comes to my work, you know, yeah. because I feel so passionate about it and I know it helps people. I say to people like you don't have to like me to leverage me, you know, you can be right or you can be rich, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was just this burning desire to help people, you know, to help people to win. I always say like I want all of my haters to come on, you know, come to the challenge. And they can either, they can still hate me, but at least they'll be winning and they'll be getting leaves on LinkedIn, you know, and, and you know, it's this constant need to be, to be accepted and to be liked. I think most people have that. Like I'm, I'm self-aware yeah. to know that I definitely do have that. But at the same time, like now, three years in, you know, when we did, it's really interesting. We did a million in sales. So we did a million in sales orders over a 12 month period. And I have to say this slowly because I get so much grief about it. And we didn't do a million in turnover. We did it in sales orders. Most people pay over 12 months, so it's not all cash in the bank. You know, but I, I was so excited to hit that million. You know, we yeah. did four launches. They were all over a quarter of a million. 
and we were literally as a team sat watching the, the sales come in on that last one and Phil I set out to do a million you know changed all my passwords I told everyone it's gonna be a million pound year I'd only done 200k before Phil Harrison's he's like my right a man like he was he was saying look, look we've got six to go and we've done a million in sales you know five to go and the whole team were behind it and it was amazing it's such a good feeling and I couldn't wait to tell everyone yeah. and then all I got was grief well, not all I got. A lot of people are like, oh my God, it's amazing. Why do people like, be grief about that? Oh, it's horrendous. Honestly, particularly on LinkedIn. Yeah, people are like, she's a liar. She's a scammer. She's, she's full of shit. Like, I've checked a company's house. Obviously, it's not going to represent a company's house. My, my accounts are always going to show barely any profit because I plow everything back into the business. Yep. Um, just, do you not understand the difference between turnover and profit? And I'm like, Yes, and I'm like, I didn't say it was a million in turnover. I said it was a million in sales. You know, people were street viewing my house and saying, "I've looked at you up on company's house. Like you made a loss two years ago. You full shit. I've, you know, I've looked you up on. Uh, I've looked up your house on Right Move, and there's no way that's where a millionaire would live. And I was like, Oh my god! Like, at what point did I say I was a millionaire? I said I'd done a million in sales in three years, which I thought was a great achievement. It is a great achievement. So yeah. how, did you, how did you deal with that? Because Oh, it's horrible. Like, if you look at things like, if you look at my um, podcast that I did with Mike Winnett, who's a very good friend of mine, Yeah. Uh, uh, like in real life, like we've been mates for years and years and years, before he was even Mike Winnett. Like he's a very, very successful businessman and, and we've been friends a long time, we're both from Warrington. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we go for lunch and, you know, we've, I've seen him all through, building his business and then through his sale of his business and now being his Mike Winnett thing. I was on his podcast. Bear in mind, he's a really good mate of mine. And I'm, he, do you know him? Do you know of him? Yeah. He, he does the, like, he parodies people and he gets on everybody's tits, basically. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it is, it is. I'm the most requested person to parody. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm the person in... In his inbox, people, you know, people message him and go, oh, God, look at this person. Like, you should parody them. I'm the most requested person he gets to parody. And I'm his mate. And he's like, and he replies to them. Like, not always, but sometimes he'll be like, you do know I'm mates with Helen and she's legit. Like, I've known her for years and like all, everything she says is true. And then this guy was like, oh, well, yeah, sex sells or something. And then this other woman was like messaging him at 11 o'clock at night going, have you seen what Helen Pritchard has said? She's showing up about doing a record launch during a pandemic. Like, isn't she disgusting? And Mike was like, you know, she's my mate. Like, why would you be messaging me this? Like, why are you bothered what Helen's doing? And she's like, well, she could be more humble. And he's like, well, why? Why should she? And why, why is it bothering you so much that you're messaging me? Not even her. Like, mate, it's just ridiculous. But if you watch my YouTube, um, my interview with him, because we're such good mates, I was super uh, unguarded, I think. Yeah. I so I talked about stuff that I probably never would normally. Like, we were just having a laugh. We were in Warrington. And we, we had this build up to me doing it. Yeah, and we're talking about getting dick pics and all this kind of stuff. So it was just, it was just me and him having a laugh. And then there's this person, guy, girl, don't know, in the comments, anonymous, like, oh, she's, she's a scammer, she's disgusting, she's a, she's a lush, uh, can't deny that. Yeah, she's just a, a sad old a single woman. She's just an alcoholic who just scams money out of vulnerable people. Yeah, there's all this, and I'm just like, how did you get that from that? Like we were yeah. just, yeah. So how do I deal with it? better as I'm getting further down the process you know much easier to kind of shake it off as Taylor says but early days early days yeah it really did affect, it really really did affect me and I think just just people saying I'm a liar it really yeah. triggers me so yeah. I'm like I'm not I'm like literally like 
here's my bank statement if you want. But then you kind of, if you do that, then you become a dick for that. Yeah. Do you, know, you, know, you can't like win. How, how do you win? You can't win. And then, but what even is winning? And and like Mike, Mike to be fair, is is a good friend of mine, and he, he used to say to me like, every time you get involved in those arguments, you're losing. Yeah, because it's taking something from you. Like it's taking the energy from you. Like. And it's kind of like, I used to not be able to help myself. And now I'm kind of much more able to take a bit of a step back from it and just think, well, actually, you know, look at what I've achieved. Look at, you know, I think sometimes when you're out there, visible, whatever, you know, when I am, you know, I'm out there, you forget that everyone has an opinion on you and everyone just, you know, whatever, likes you, don't like you, and that's fine. And, you know, that's okay. You know, people talk about you and people do this, people do that. But fundamentally, when you go, and it feels big, that makes sense. It feels big, you know, I've got, you know, 30,000 people on LinkedIn, like they're not all obviously all looking at me, but you know, I've got all these people and then, you know, I'm doing YouTube things that are going to 20,000, 30,000 people. I'm doing, I've been on, must be four, four or five hundred podcasts by now, you know, so there's, there's bits of me everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then it's almost like every bit of me, somebody somewhere's going to have an opinion on it, good or bad. And then it feels big and, and it's a bit scary, but then when you actually bring it down to, you know, despite what you've seen tonight, I do love my children, um, but you bring it down today. So you bring it down to me and my children, you know, my family and my friends, you know, people who really do love me and really do get me, then it feels a lot safer, if that makes sense. So I think I've just got better at thinking, well, that's the outside me and people are always going to have an opinion. And this is the, the real, not the real me, like the, it's the same everywhere. But I think when people, I think the, the good thing is that people, when they get to know me, seem to like me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I get a lot yeah. of people saying I didn't really like you at first but now I do and I'm like I think that's a good thing I think that's a good thing I get that a lot as well it's, I think because sometimes, sometimes when you're like out there all the time and you're just like direct and to the point don't beat around the bush a lot of people don't like that because they're like yeah. they're not used to that no. kind of pussyfoot around and you're not you're not like that and I'm not like that and it's that yeah. kind of directness that puts some people off but then they're then they realise, oh no, actually this works. And yeah, and exactly. The other thing, like like you're saying about people's opinions, it's it's just their opinion. It doesn't make what they think a fact. No, and it is their opinion. And I think, you know, I get that feedback all the time. Are you really direct? And I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. it's interesting because you have this personality assessment of like, oh yeah, you're really, really direct and you're really no nonsense and you're really northern. I'm like, Am I? I was just, I never thought, I certainly never thought I'm going to be direct. So it's just, it is the way it is. And I suppose it's, it's weird because in the, in, when you're not out there as a, as a personal brand, you know, you just have your friends, don't you? Nobody's yes. like having an opinion. People are either mates with you or they're not, or like they're in your circle or not. No, but when you're out there as a personal brand, suddenly everyone's like, oh, you're this, you're that. And that's why I like you. Or that's why I don't like you. It's kind of like, it's really weird and judgmental but it's judgmental that's what we're all like isn't it but what's weird is when people tell you (laughs) yeah it's like thank you for that um but the things the the very same thing that people hate me for people love me for and I think that's another thing that's come over over time and experience is that yeah it's exactly the same thing so for every person who says I love the fact that you're no nonsense and direct there's another person that's going, I can't bear the fact that you're so direct and no nonsense. So it's, it's almost like, or I get, you know, I love the fact that you're at home with your kids and you're having a glass of wine, doing your lives. And, they get, and then we get another person who's like, I can't work with somebody who thinks it's acceptable to drink on camera. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so can you just can you just tell everyone to be quiet? We're going now. Who's making all these talking? <laughs> just tell him to be quiet or go. They're all like, we're going out now, like go, go out. Bye. Bye. Um so it's kind of like and again we get so I don't manage any of my inboxes anymore. I don't manage any of my um the help desk, what we call a help desk. So we have like a support email and we have um, like the messenger bot. We get, we've got like 20, yeah. 30,000 people or something tagged into that. Um, so I don't look at those. So the team have to take me off that because people send the complaints there. Yeah. <laughs> we recently had a four, a four page uh, email about my attitude <laughs> sent, to <laughs> sent to me. <laughs> To my company. I don't know what they expected. Like, there's nowhere to escalate it to, is there? It's me. No. It yeah. is me. Um, you know, and we get loads of complaints. Not complaints, just like, just complaints. Well, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't even look at them, so I don't know. But poor Megan Chapman, if you know her, she runs it all for me. And, you know, what an, what an absolute legend because she just has to deal with that all the time. Yeah. And people are just a bit insane because they're kind of like, if you, if you don't like something that I've done or I've said or something in one of my challenges, then don't follow me. Don't be my challenge. Don't buy my stuff. Like, I don't, I, I don't they have this self-importance though, don't they? It's like they feel the need to go and say something because they're offended or, you know, because they, they feel it's, it's important to them. And it's never about yeah. you. It's about them. It's just really interesting. It's like I just the mentality of someone to actually tell me like I don't like you or I didn't like this or I don't like that. It's kind of yeah. weird. And, and I think again, we we do that in the challenge. We're like, look, this challenge is it's for you know, there's three thousand of you, so a lot of people. It's going to be busy. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be, you know, mad. I'm going to do a live every night with wine. I'm going to do a Q and A. It could go on for hours. We never know. You know, I don't know what time I'm going to start my Q and A because I've got live. You know. If you don't like that kind of chaotic lack of structure, mm -hmm. this isn't the challenge for you and you don't need to tell us about it. You just need to do another someone else's challenge. Like there's a million people out there who'll teach you how to use LinkedIn. Not as well as me, but there's a million people who'll teach you. Um, but they'll teach you in a way that's much more structured and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, if that's your jam, like go and do that. Like I don't understand the mentality. It's like I'm not gonna change the way that I deliver this. This challenge for like five thousand, you know, thousand, thousand people, like three thousand people at a time, to suit like four people who are like, yeah, but I need to know what time the live is because I have to put my kids to bed. And it's like I know, but I'm trying to run this challenge for five thousand people, and yeah. I don't know what my kids are going to be doing either, you know. So I think yeah. that can also drive people a little bit crazy as well. So I think what I always say though is I'm I'm trying to model running a business that suits you. So if it feels jarring or like triggering for you, like maybe you have a look at how your business is and if you if your boundaries are such that you do change everything that you do and you do adapt everything you do to to help the you know, to appease a minority, mm -hmm. then maybe like you could learn something from from that. Because you know, ultimately again, this this confidence comes from, you know, we know that from the challenges that thousands of people get loads of benefit from it, people get leads from it. And a percentage of those people then go on to buy from me. So from a business point of view, it's a great model. Yeah. But from a, 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 a taking part point of view, you might not like it, but from a business model point of view, it works. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. And mm -hmm. you can't go, you know, changing things for the minority when it works and it suits you. You can't. That's, that's what people try to do. They try to mould themselves to fit something else when actually 
you can find a way for things to work for you, whether that means you join the live later, you know, once you put your kids to bed, you know, there's, there's always a workaround. That's what I was saying. Stick me in your ears and carry on, mate. I'm just sitting and watch me, you know, or you don't have to watch me at all, or you can watch it tomorrow. Like, there's loads of options. But it's again, it's this feedback thing that I see people, again, because I work with people who haven't got a lot of confidence. And I think that's why I used to get really, really defensive about my work as well, because yeah. I can take it. You know, someone says, oh, helping headlines are shit. Everyone's got them. You know, they've lost their power. It's all about Helen's ego, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, helping headlines work. And that's the end of the argument. There is no further argument. You might not yeah. like it. I mean, that this person, I've helped get confidence, put that helping headline together. Because there are more elements to it than people think, you know. That person I've helped do that, then if they then put themselves out there and then get told helping headlines are shit, it's just... Be quiet, please be quiet. Like honestly, this house is silent 90% of the time, and then I've got an hour, and then um, you know, I, I've helped somebody get their confidence together to actually yeah. put that out there, and then they see that, and then they're like, Oh, helping headlines are shit, and I've just been working on that. And yeah. what annoys me is and I'm that's what I used to say to that person is look, you're having a go at me, and that's fine. Yeah, you're having a go at me, usually because you can see. The fact that there are so many helping headlines means that I'm obviously having a massive impact and that's obviously triggering you. Fine. So you're going to go at me trying to say that I'm shit. I can take it because I know I'm work with. This person, who's what I've been working with for the past five days or whatever, or somebody's in my mastermind, hasn't got that level of resilience, hasn't got that level of confidence. And actually, you posting that, you know, and being like that with them. I mean, we had a woman make a, a, a slideshow of them. Like, she wasn't even a trade. She worked in marketing for a company. Mm-hmm. it's like if you've got anything better to do like marketing for your company you know but I was just like <laughs> you, well you don't understand for her and everyone else who has a go at anyone online right let's just put it out there anyone who just has a go at other people online you can ruin that person's life and that's not me being all dramatic and it's all about Caroline Flack I'm talking about for that person who spent a long time crafting that headline and really working hard on it and then having the confidence you know because LinkedIn's not about tips and tricks, right? It's about mindset, confidence, and consistency. Yeah. So I help that person put themselves out there. If they feel like you, you, that person who's never going to buy from anyway, doesn't like the way that they're showing up online or thinks they're shit or thinks the pricing's a joke or whatever, they may never post again. Mm-hmm. And therefore, their business will not succeed. And therefore, they are not going to be able to make money. And therefore, they're going to have to go and get a job or they're not going to have to rely on someone else. Therefore, they're not going to be able to do nice things with their children. They're not going to be able to buy themselves things. They're not going to be able to, you know, do all the things that they want to do in their lives. And that is the responsibility that people have when they feel like they're just having a little pop at somebody. They, they have to realize those consequences, you know. The ongoing damage that it can have, yeah. It's ongoing, it is, it's ongoing and it's relentless. And, you know, I mean, I, it has affected me. It's not stopped me, mm-hmm. but it has affected me. But I have seen people get to that point where they're just terrified to even put anything out there, you know. And I think, you know, I know you got loads of abuse, didn't you, not that long ago, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> millions of people that we know. Like, in fact, again, I mentor some people and they're like, oh, we put a thing in the paper and in the comments we got some grief and I was like well there is that but there's also like you can't have one without the other so you, yeah. ha- you can't get more love without more hate you know you can't make more money without more people asking for refunds you know you can't you know be on a bigger stage without having more people not love you you know it yeah. is it is like a balanced thing you can't have one without the other but still it still drives me crazy that people are just you know I, 
I am not innocent. Yeah, I have been I've been embroiled in arguments where I've said and done things that I regret definitely that haven't shown me in a good light a hundred percent. Um my defense is I'm only ever defending myself, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I do not go and look for people and let people come to me and start having a go at me or calling me this or calling me that. And then I do, you know, you know, to the, you know, it's, it's pathetic, you know. And this is what I'm I'm moving away from now, certainly over the last twelve months or so. Because I think my last one was at the beginning of lockdown and I just, I just made a deal with myself and I was like, I'm not doing that again. You know, this woman came to my post. I've done a, a big post about um, how being a tech VA is a good move at the moment because all these people are moving online and they don't understand yeah. things like, like Zoom and shit that we all know. You know, we're kind of fluent in it. There's a lot of people out there that can't use it. You can help people with stuff like that and online working. So this VA lady I've never met before, never heard of her straight into my post saying, I think I know more about this than Helen. Like Helen's misguided. You know, you need to do proper VA training. I'm a VA mentor. You know, you should work with someone like me. And if you don't know where to start, here's my book and here's the link to Amazon. I was like, thanks. I was like, you fucking joking. Like you just came and promoted on my book. And she said, Oh, we all knew you'd be like this. We knew you'd be like this. We all, so it's like classic, you know, we've all been talking about it. We all knew you'd be like this. We knew you'd react like this. We know what you're like. We know that you're nasty and no one can criticize you and you'll have a go at me. So I just thought I'd promote it anyway. And I was like, are you, are you all right? I was like, what on earth are you talking about? I was like, you've come to criticize. Yeah. And then it went on and then all the mates came. They're like, you're disgusting. Like you're so unprofessional. You're swearing. I was like, you have all come to my post that I've put out. I don't even teach people how to be a VA. I was just thought, this is a useful bit of content that I just thought, you know, she was going at me. And then all yeah. my little mates came and were like, oh yeah, we all think you're this and we all think you're that. And I was like... Go away then. Yeah, this is insane. You're, <laughs> you're leveraging me because you know that people were loving that comment, that there's loads of comments and loads of, you know, you're leveraging me. And I fell for it again. Mm-hmm. I felt it by getting involved and everyone's watching. And I would say, like, you know, the arguments in the comments, just panto. Like, nobody wins. It's just for everyone else's, you know, to show and for everyone yeah. Yeah, entertainment. I fell for it again. And I thought, and I was walking. It was right at the beginning of lockdown when I was pretty stressed anyway. And I thought, I'm not doing it anymore. Because it is, I don't win, really. I mean, I get, like, the thing is, when I have a big route, I get loads of people messaging me privately going, oh, fucking, I don't want to get involved in that, but you know, they were this or they were that or yeah. you were that good, you know. And and when it's about LinkedIn, I get loads of leads, you know, loads of leads. So when, when, when if I post on the night, don't send out messages. Oh, oh, that one that went mad. That was, again, that was the last thing I put on LinkedIn if I'm not doing that again. Uh, if you reply to every single comment, I don't think, wow, what a great person. I think, oh my God, you got too much time on your hands or, you know, something, oh, you're desperate for work. Probably shouldn't have put it, but it's just what I thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't lose your shit in the comments. Fucking thousands of comments. This guy sent this meme about me getting punched in the face, and I was like, "Wow!" And he was like, "He was a recruiter." He's like, "You should apologise because this is blown up in your face." And I was like, "I don't think you should. I don't think you should have to reply to every comment on LinkedIn. But you put content out there. People can discuss it in the comments. Talk to them. You're, yeah. you're entitled to your opinion the same way everybody else is entitled. Yeah, but to I'm opinion. not entitled to my opinion. Yeah, this guy is telling me I should be punched in the face, and I should apologise. I'm like. Mate, like, I would love to have gone to his reception in his recruitment company and be like, Helen Pritchard's in reception and just get him in front and be like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to for a start? And like, how dare you tell me I should be apologizing because I've had an opinion about LinkedIn. You know, I I teach LinkedIn. You're Mm. a recruiter. You know, and it it was just this whole like, like, lads, 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 like, look at her, what's she like? And then 
all these spin-off posts about me, but not very enough to name me. Oh, this really well-known. Yeah, and oh, that, <coughs> that woman, actually, she's, she's all this. And I said, I said in one of the comments, you know what? I could have really gone to town on you, but I won't. Because you obviously don't know what you're doing. You're obviously crap at marketing. You've got to use my post, right? Something like that. <laughs> if she took that one line, I would, I should have, I could have gone to town on you, right? Yeah. Which is part of a bigger and posted that on her LinkedIn. Going, I was engaging with a well-known LinkedIn person who some of you may know, and she said I could go to town on you. And I thought, what a disgusting bullying, you know. In the day, I bet she's posted about Caroline Flack in the last few months, and I bet she says be kind, and then she's threatening me. I was like, wow. I was straight in the comments. I was like, how can you take that out of context and put that out there? And, like, and all these people who know me were like, oh my God, she sounds disgusting. What a horrible person. I was like, it was me. <laughs> I was like, taken out of context. Yeah, I was like, in yeah. all the comments, I was like, hi, it was me. And this was the context. And everyone's like, oh shit, sorry, I didn't know it was you. Obviously, you wouldn't say something like that. And I was like, this is the problem. You're not brave enough to name and shame me. You've already tried to leverage me. You've caused a load of shit. You think you've got the upper hand. And I'm like, you look like a dick. Yeah. I'm selling loads of LinkedIn stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, there's been so much of that over the years. And to the point where some people have said, oh, Google Jane, I've seen some of the stuff you put and you don't seem like a very nice person. And I'm like, well, <laughs> sometimes sometimes I'm not a very nice person, um, but it's always like provoked, in my opinion. So It's because you're, def have, you're defending yourself yeah. and your business and your business is your baby. And, you know, that's, it's like you And it's not you me. You do that. It is me, um, but it's, well, it's my, the, the thing that I'm upset about and keeps I'm a liar. Because mm. I'm like, this is hard work, hard for hard won success that I am not lying about. You know, that's the what upsets me. Because I'm like, it, it's not a lie. Mm. You, know, you can say what you want about me as a person. I don't like it. But you can't say you're a liar because I'm not. It's not a lie. Um, so that's what I get upset about. But I'm defend, I'm, most importantly, it's defending my work and, mm. and, and just defending those people who, I put their faith and trust in me and their money. Who then sees someone else thinking, oh, well, they think it should be done this way. And it's like, oh, just, just you know, trust the process and, and do the work and it's all going to be all right. So it's done, me, it's done me well, but it's just not something I want to get involved in anymore. So this year for me is very much about, so last year was about putting in systems and procedures and team. So we've got a very big team. I think we've got about 25 people or something like that. Nice. You know, Talk about profit turnover, our roommate's about 30 grand a month or something like that. So, like, it's, you know, we've got a big business, but it's, it runs like a proper business. You know, it's yeah. not, it's just a business. Like, we, we sell things and to sell those things, we, we have to spend lots of money. You know, we spend a lot on Facebook ads, probably 30 to 50 grand a quarter or something like that on Facebook ads. You know, we turn that into 250, 300k a quarter as, as well. Um, but it's like, it runs like a proper business now, Natalie. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> not sure I was, could see that in my future when we were having cocktails in New York. Um, so like Phil Harrison's like operations director, a team of people that do everything. So now it's all about what next, you know. Yeah, this, what is next? What is next? So there's just so many really exciting things I can't tell you about yet, which is annoying. Well, there's one really <laughs> exciting thing I can't tell you about. Right. Um, but in terms of what's next uh, on a general scale, is like we're moving. So there's a couple of things. So LinkedIn, the LinkedIn will always be there. That will always be the mastermind. I'm going to step out of it to the point where, the only thing that I do in there is the delivery. So, you know, showing I've got coaches in there and that kind of stuff. So that's great because yeah. the work is the work. The work doesn't need me anymore. Like my coaches and my ambassadors, when they talk, I'm like, fucking hell, they're good. They're better than me, you know, because they've got more patience and they're kinder and they're, you know, 
and you've taught them and do you want them to be better than you? Yeah, and they've been they've been in training, if you like, for three yeah. years. You know, all my ambassadors were in the pretty much all of them in the first round, you know. So it's lovely now because I can just literally let them just do their work, which is I mean, people say, Oh, is it hard letting go? And I'm like, No, it's beautiful. You know, it's like having a baby, it's the toddler now. So it can it can walk on its own, which is great. So in terms of my work, I'm, I'm, you'll see me now take a massive step back as well from visibility because I don't need to do the organic that I was doing to get the results that I was getting because I can invest in Facebook ads, which, you know, mm-hmm. is, which is great. So from a personal point of view, it's like, oh, like I don't need to post on Facebook all the time anymore. I don't need to on LinkedIn. I don't need to be in the fucking comments anymore, you know, which is great. So from a strategic point of view, we're moving away from just being the LinkedIn woman and but I've done that for three years solid. A lot of people say, oh, I don't want to just do one thing. And I'm like, oh, you need to do one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, and these kind of, these three pillars of business that, that again, over the last three years, I've been observing myself and, and the experience and, and they are business clarity, huge business clarity, um, business confidence um, and business visibility. I think it's going to be called <laughs> something like that. So those three. So it's about basically getting your plan right getting your head right and then doing what you need to do to get what you want. They're the three things that I've been mulling over, mulling over, like what is next for me? So um, these all come together as part of a, like a what would Helen do sort of mega cause. But at the moment they are standalone. So business clarity in one day um, is the first one and that's done and that's out there and you can buy it now. It's like 99 quid. And that's just out there for a test to make sure people like it. It's just at the moment it's like a PDF, print it off and fill it in. And that's all the work that I do around value joy profit, ideal client avatar, you know, selling one thing to one person, setting your goals and all that kind of that, that real clarity stuff that I feel like having done this for years, 20 yeah. years, 20 years, is the missing piece in almost everybody. It doesn't matter where you are, it's still good to go and do that work again. Um, so I'm really proud of that. We've done, I've done that during lockdown. That's out and, out, out and about now. Business mindset and business confidence will be coming next. So that's about stuff we were talking about, about resilience and confidence coming through evidence and, yeah. you know, the, the yin and the yang of it. Because again, it's one of the biggest problems that I see, you know, people getting really worried about what people do say and think about them. Um, and just to explain how everyone gets that, just successful people ignore it <laughs> and yeah. other people let it stop them. That's the only real difference. So that's pretty simple. Yeah. But it's getting to the point where you're okay to ignore it and to just carry on putting yourself out there like, and trusting in your own clarity and what you want to be doing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So from that, and then it'll be into business visibility which is kind of like a marketing thing but it's not so much about do these things it's kind of like just particularly at the beginning because that's what everything I do is for people at the beginning really like I'm not one of those glamour seven figure people I'm like let's get you out of the shit get some money in the bank um it's like this is what you need to do to get what you want and if you want to get what the people don't have you normally got to do things other people won't do so some of the things that I talk about ultra posting you know posting a hundred times a day and like push yourself out of that comfort zone and really doing things that people are like god that's crazy and I'm like this is what I did though the first few years like it's cause and effect so you the cause is you post set, like this hundred hundred post day thing is something that comes up quite a lot so when I was really pushing things and I was really trying to get visible and that kind of stuff, 100 posts a day was not out of the question across multiple platforms, groups, and all that kind of stuff. I'd do that. I'd get banned for some groups. I'd, you know, I'd be tired. I'd be doing it at four in the morning. But I'd do that, and out the other end would come sales, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I did 20 a day, it felt easier. So it's all like this kind of like stretching your comfort zone thing. And, be, I, and we do this in the mastermind sometimes. I'll like go and post on, you know, someone comes to me like, shit, I can't pay my bills. I'm like, go and post 100 times a day. And I was like, oh my God, you can't. And then they come back and they go, I did, you know, and things like that, which trigger other marketers massively because they're like, oh no, put it quality over quantity. And I'm like, actually, the more visible you are, the more money you make. And it's just fact. And it's all about comfort zone stretching. So there's that. Yeah. And then things like, you know, go and put, get yourself, you know, do 10 podcasts a week. You're like, oh my God, I can't do 10 podcasts. I'm like, of course you can. Of course you can. And then if you do that for five weeks, you're going to have this huge catalog of podcast interviews. You know, doesn't matter whether there's 10 people listening or 10,000. You just, you know, do it. What, one of the things that I talk about is about do it, becoming time served. Do mm-hmm. your time. Go and do 100 podcasts. Go and do 100 guest experts in someone else's group. Go and do 100 posts in a day. Go and do things that other people aren't prepared to do if you want to get results other people don't get. And it's all about this sort of fifth-gear marketing that I talk about. Most people are just dicking about in neutral. You know, they're just doing a bit here, a bit there. They're like, oh, I can't sell my thing. And I'm like, oh, why can't you sell it? It's like, what's happening is like, well, I posted about it on Facebook. And I'm like, how many times did you post about it? Like, four. Yeah. You need to be in everyone's faces all of the time and like like omnipresence, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I think there'll be some around that and about how it's okay. Like, I mean, I'm a, a real, you know, mental health is such an important part of my life. So, but it kind of irritates me when people say it was bad for your mental health to push yourself like that. You know, it's not. Like, it's always about, I, you know, it's like a sprint and then, a, you know, and then you can chill, you know, sprint and chill. You just... You don't have to be on constantly all the time, but I talked about this analogy in the uh, accountability group. It's a bit like, you know, the penny pushes in the in the arcade. So, like, it's it's, it's on all day. Yeah, as soon as yeah. it's been on, it's just going, whether anyone's putting any money in or not, you know. But you'll see the money goes in, and then eventually it'll build up, and then it'll drop, you know, and then you have to wait again and build up. And what I say is, like, you've just got to be like that penny pushing machine and just be on. Mm-hmm. Just be pushing, 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 and just have process that if you keep pushing something's going to drop you know but if you switch that machine off nothing's Nothing's going to happen yeah and you get the gap what i call it so if you push 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 push, you get this gap and then over time good things will happen it might you don't know how long that gap is so i don't know either if i knew that i'd be ultimately that you know yeah but you know the gap is but there'll definitely be a gap between you doing the work and the marketing and the result and then also if you switch that machine off you might not have a gap for a while because you still, you know, you've got your compound from before, but eventually you're going to get the result, which is nothing. And a lot of people get into this feast of famine because they stop pushing the machine because they're doing the work, so the pennies are dropped. And instead, you've got to keep pushing that machine. And as soon as you can afford to, you can pay people to keep the machine going. But if you can't, and most of my people can't, you've got to do the work, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I want to do big, you know, I want to do quarter million pound challenges like you, Helen, or they'll go to Phil who does my Facebook ads and helps me with the five day challenges. But, oh, can you help me? That's what they say. Can you help me? Can you turn me from 200k to a million? And he says, yes, if you go and do the three years of hard graft that Helen did, you know, all this, the stuff that no one else can do for you, like this, that nobody else can do podcast appearance for you. They can't speak on stage for you. They can't do guest experts. They can't do video for you. And they're the high value things. That has to be you. And it's almost like anybody could do a live once a week. But I do one every day for a year. So it's kind of like, you've got to do that, you push yourself, definitely. So I think some of those bigger concepts will be coming from me in terms of just helping people be more successful generally. 
and then she can 365 is like my my sort of my project that I'm doing with my friends Michelle and Christian we've created a book so um, they again this came from the same conversation Michelle and Christian are journalists and storytellers they wanted to champion women in entrepreneurship they wanted to tell these stories and we were drunk and having a curry and watching the football and they sat on the sofa and, and Michelle said I think we could do one a week I was like anyone could do one a week mm-hmm. why do you do one a day uh, you know why don't you start on International Women's Day why don't you do one a day every single day put it online make it 365 words 365 women 365 days who else is going to do that no one. no one and they absolutely grafted on it and they made massive sacrifices doing on holidays and stuff like that you know they interviewed 365 women they wrote all those stories they got all the pictures then towards the end of the project people started saying is it going to be a book so we crowdfunded for the book um which we which we hit our target and we've created the book and the book is now stuck in my office because we can't send them out because of lockdown but the book is here it's created um and now we are going to expand on the she can 365 brand so it's just going to be all about helping female entrepreneurs in a lifestyle way so yes with the help with the business stuff but also all the other things you know around your health and your wellness spirituality should be part of my life um and just i, I thought sort of call it like i don't know a bit like cosmo for business women so yeah so that's the the next big thing coming for awesome. us so it's really exciting it's that is exciting um it's, it's a really it's been really nice to see your progression and everything grow and and come out as well so you know, I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. I'm very proud of myself. It's been a fun ride. I just feel a little bit redundant now. So I'm like looking for something else to do. So She Can 365 is exciting. And then after this call, I've got a call with a, a book lady. So I might get my book out. I always think, I don't want to write my book yet because it feels like not even got started. But I think a book around the last three years, definitely, I think would be quite useful. Because again, I'm trying to help people in that space, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, when I, I won the award for, um, when I was in Blackpool and I won that award and I went on stage and people have been queuing up to see me because everywhere I go, people have done my challenges, like in the business world, you know. Yeah. And um, they're coming up and saying, oh my gosh, such an inspiration and this, that, and the other. I said, I'm bloody. So I went on stage and I said, oh, everyone's been coming up to me saying I'm an inspiration. But the most inspiring thing around me, about me is if I can do it, like anybody can do it, you know, there's nothing special about me. It's just literally all that getting really clear and really focused and just being just relentless, <laughs> relentless until you get what you want. So yeah, it's been a, a it's been a fun ride. It's still a fun ride. But yeah, ride. I feel like this is kind of got to the, yeah, really to a point now where the LinkedIn business is exactly where I planned it to be. And I've made huge sacrifices to get where it is and spent tons and tons of money and um, as you'll see when you check my company's house but you know that <laughs> that that I really feel like that's at a place now where it's it's in a it's in a good place I'm very proud of my baby yeah good I'm proud of you too so, Thank you, yeah. so, where, so obviously people can find you on LinkedIn and um, do you want to uh, tell me where people can find the, the book and everything else and where else they can find you so I always say, so I can't have any more friends on Facebook or connections on LinkedIn, to be honest. So um, what I always say is I won't be able to follow me on Facebook, put my personal Facebook, because I put my stuff on there. I do, well, I don't do that many lives anymore, to be honest, but I put my lives on there. You'll see a bit of content on there. You'll see a bit more of my life on there. And then find me in the free group. So I've got a free group called Helen Pritchard's LinkedIn Marketing Group. Um, I think it's about 15,000 in there. So you can join, once you're in there, you're kind of in the world and then come and do the next five day challenge. We, we run yeah. to a quarter 
Um, so there's always, always, always one coming up. And if you've done them before, you can do them again. So they're always good fun. So we, we're going to do a mega challenge next, which is on the end of June, I think. Yeah. But we're, we're aiming for 5,000 in for this one. So. Nice. So nice. We'll, we'll push that out and get some more people in that. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much oh. for having me. And so nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. It's been fun. Um, I'll make sure I'll put all of your links in the comments and in the show notes and everything. And I'll let you know when it goes live on the podcast as well. So Lovely. good luck with your book lady after. <laughs> Thank you. And sorry about the children. You know what it's like. Sorry, kids are kids. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with people you think it will help and stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey and join the Better Together for a Gold Star Life Facebook community to improve your confidence, network and life.